Spotting progress when you're in it, when you're experiencing it every day, every week, it can be hard to spot. But it was the most important marker of Jordan Love's first season as a starter. And while the last two weeks have not gone the way the Green Bay Packers have wanted, on the season, Jordan Love has shown exactly the kind of progress you would want for him to show that his long-term trajectory could potentially put him as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We talk about that. Plus, our pal Lily Zhao joins us to talk about Joe Barry, the non-movement there, this incredible group of young skill talent, and a lot more. All of that on a loaded Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. It's Game Time. Remember back in October when you were saying, well, the deep ball. The deep ball is just not there for Jordan Love. And one of the stats that I love is clean pocket productivity. It is so much more sticky. It is so much more projectable than the way you play when you're pressured. Now, someone like Jared Goff, like the way that he plays when he's pressured is a fatal flaw for him. But when he plays from a clean pocket, when he gets a clean pocket, he consistently plays well from that clean pocket. And that is more translatable. You can get lucky, hit a big play here, hit a big play there, and your numbers against pressure because it happens much less they're going to be skewed off just a couple plays. It is it is a small sample size problem in a lot of cases. All right, so since week nine, essentially since it's been cold, we're talking about a, a material sample now. Since Halloween, basically. It's almost Christmas. You realize that. Jordan Love as a deep thrower this is according to Pro Football Focus. He is completing the second highest rate of passes on throws 20 plus. He's thrown the most touchdowns on those throws. He's third in Pro Football Focus passing grade, a 94.3. These numbers aggregated by our pal Jake Morley. Third in big time throws, second lowest turnover worthy percentage, and third in quarterback rating. That's on deep throws, but he can't throw deep. He has at least five explosive completions 
in his last nine games. That's the longest streak in the league this season and the longest streak by a Packers quarterback since 2000. Since two... Let me just double check. Yeah, That includes every Aaron Rodgers season ever. Aaron Rodgers. Let me, let me repeat that. Let me repeat that. In each of his last nine games, Jordan Love has five explosive completions. This is according to the Packers. It is the longest streak this season in the NFL. And it is something Aaron Rodgers never did. Something he never did. And look, I love this young skill group. We're going to talk with Zhao, our pal, coming up here about this young skill group. We've talked about it a lot. I've written about it over at The Leap, a newsletter I, of course, would love for you to subscribe to. This is not the 2011 skill group in terms of proven playmakers, guys playing at that high level. Like, this is not... At his apex, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, rookie Randall Cobb, James Jones, Donald Driver, like Greg Jennings. It's not that. It's a very good, very deep right now, very young, dynamic group. Christian Watson hasn't been healthy. Luke Musgrave's been hurt. It's it's just not the same. And Jordan Love is doing things statistically that we just don't see. This is this is the stuff though that I'm that I'm I'm even more excited about from a growth standpoint with Jordan Love's development. Please be cool. Over that same time period, so since week nine, from a clean pocket, again, the reason this matters is it is translatable. Most throws are coming from a a clean-ish pocket, like high pressure rates in a game, 30 40%. 40%. So the rest of the time, it's not going to be clean in, in the terms of like, you're always going to have exactly the window and the timing and the rhythm to make the throws. But this is, generally speaking, how you're going to play from a clean pocket. Three-step drop, throw the ball on time, on rhythm. What does it look like? How do you produce? Okay, because that is also a measure of there's some signal in you're processing. The more you play from a clean pocket, part of that is based on how fast you get through reads. There are there are quarterbacks, guys like Justin Fields, who are slow to get through their progression, slow to get off first reads, and as a result, they invite the pressure. They throw slowly, and so they throw from a clean pocket less often, which means they have to be more efficient from that clean pocket. Okay, clean pocket. Now that we've established the value of this stat, I hope, like you go to you look at college quarterbacks, we have seen over time that their productivity from a clean pocket is one of the most translatable, the most projectable, the, the stickiest stats. How you perform when things are good. If you can't perform well when things are good, you are SOL. You cannot play. So since week nine. Jordan Love, from a clean pocket, leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's completing almost 75% of his passes from a clean pocket. So much for the completion percentage worries. 
He's got the third most yards, the third most touchdowns, the sixth best PFF passing grade, the third most big time throws, the, and this is a big one, lowest, the lowest, the best among qualified quarterbacks, turnover worthy play rate from a clean pocket since week nine. The lowest, like the best. He's been the best at avoiding turnover worthy plays. He's third in quarterback rating. These were two places. Again, those those pro football focus stats aggregated by our pal Jake Morley. Those were the two of the places where early in the season, in October, you're going, it's not great. It's not great. The deep ball accuracy looked to be in shambles and he's just missing stuff from a clean pocket. Now, part of that is the pocket was not great. And another part of that was you had no run game. So you couldn't, or at least Matt LaFleur didn't believe that they could go to the play action game as much as they have found that they could lately, even when the running game is not as superlative as we've seen it in recent years from the Green Bay Packers. And so there were reasons why things weren't quite settled. But the reality is Jordan Love just wasn't playing great. And now he is. And even with some of the issues that were had early in the season, we're talking about a guy who is top 10 in EPA per play. Here, here's just a brief sampling of quarterbacks who have a worse EPA per play than Jordan Love this season. Remember, he is a top 10 quarterback by EPA per play. Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud. Lamar Jackson is a top three MVP candidate right now. Everyone who watches the NFL, who covers the NFL, believes Trevor Lawrence is a no-doubt franchise quarterback. C.J. Stroud was getting MVP buzz like two weeks ago. And Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl winner, no-doubt franchise quarterback, who when he is healthy is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Now, thanks in part to guys like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady not being part of the mix right now, Kirk Cousins as well, but I have Stafford ahead of Cousins. Jordan Love has been really good. Like, better than most people could have reasonably assumed. I I was one of the most supportive in terms of the talent media people of Jordan Love. I have been a Jordan Love person since day one relative to everyone else. Even if I was, you know, I thought I was a little skeptical, but a lot of a lot of other people were a lot of skeptical. This is better than he was expected to play by basically everybody. Already passed FanDuel. I already cashed. I already cashed my Jordan Love overs on, on passing yards. Already cashed it. Cash it the same day. Jets to not make the playoffs also cashed for me. Seems fitting. The development and the growth points to a trajectory with Jordan Love if he's already one of the 10 most productive quarterbacks in the league. And we know he can make the high-level plays. The stuff where he can improve is the, is the easy stuff. It's play a little more discipline with your footwork from the pocket when you have time to throw. When you have Jaden Reed open, don't get jumpy. Get your cleats in the in the ground. 
and throw an accurate pass. We know you can do it. We saw you do it two weeks ago to Malik Keith on Monday night with the ga- freaking game on the line. Clean some of that stuff up. And we are talking about the potential, the potential. He's not there yet. The potential of a truly upper echelon quarterback, the kind of quarterback that can set your franchise up to be a playoff kind of team every year. He's not there yet. This team is not there yet. But the talent is there. And what we've seen from a developmental standpoint already points to a place that I think with all of the the concern and and the, the Debbie Downer attitudes that are out there about this defense, and I understand them, and, and look, it's not great. And what happened Sunday was terrible. But there is a lot to be really excited about with this offense. And Jordan Love, for me, is... The biggest reason why. All right, we're going to get to our pal Lily Zhao in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Just put a couple players together in a lineup, two to six players with their stat projections, and you decide if you think they're going to produce more or less than those stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can win up to 20 Five times your money. Just to be clear, you can put in $10 and if you put together that lineup just right, you can win $250 playing daily fantasy sports. That is pretty cool. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types make prize picks the number one daily fantasy app. They offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL with the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Well, we just can't get in a rhythm here on Locked on Packers and how you doing because every time it seems like they got a bad thing going, they turn it around. Every time it seems like they got a good thing going, they lose to Tommy Cutlets. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 <laughs> in Milwaukee joins me now. And uh, Lily, before I ask the big question, how do you? what is your favorite way to have a chicken cutlet? Are you, do you like a chicken cutlet? Do you know uh, what a chicken you know, cutlet I, is? I do, but I, I I can't be sure I know the best way to eat one because I'm just presented with it and I'll just eat it. Um, so I don't know if there is. What's the correct way to eat a chicken cutlet? I, I think I think your mileage is going to vary on how you like it okay. best. Some people love it in a sandwich. Some people love it just on its own or as a, a vehicle for like chicken parm because you got to make the cutlet first. There's a lot of different ways. On a, on a sandwich, they're really good. I, I, I saw... I was very envious of a high school kid recently. I was like that metabolism. I remember having that metabolism <laughs> at a time. He ordered a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich with a chicken cutlet. And I was just like, that is, that is a strong to very strong move, sir. 
that's like protein overload. Yeah. Which isn't I was like, bad. That dude, but... that dude is a high school athlete. 100. That's the only reason you order that, or you're just you're a Vulcan. Either way, yeah. <laughs> I respect it. Uh, is that how you doing? Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy because it's the holiday season. We're mm. we're nearing the the festival, festivus, all that good stuff. So happy with that, but disappointed in in the product that we've seen on the field the last two weeks. But overall, I'm I'm in a happy, cheery holiday mood. Is that how you doing? I'm good. Um, it's the holiday season, uh, and uh, I do love Christmas music. And Me too. that makes the first topic here and the only topic that I think we can reasonably start with um, a little bit disappointing. Again, not just not just the, the performance, but what has gone on and, and the accountability or lack thereof that's going on with this Packers defense right now. Coming out of Sunday's game, it feels inevitable. When even the most even-keeled people like Tom Silverstein are, are writing about okay, this is over, whether it happens now or later, it's over. Uh, did, did you feel that way coming out of the game that it would, in fact, that this is just inevitable now? Kind of, because <laughs> in my in my mind, I'm thinking, we've seen teams make mid-season head coaching changes. Hmm. The Raiders, you know, the list goes on Chargers. Panthers. Panthers, but because of how the Packers are as an organization, I didn't believe that any sort of coaching change was going to happen this week. And I turned out to be right, which, you know, you want to say, Oh, I I'm happy with that result. What, what not, but you're not putting your team in position to win. That being said, Matt LaFleur mentioned if this was the best solution, I would have done that today. And he's attributing it to the fact that these guys have played better in the past. They have executed the game plan, the scheme better in the past. So it's a little bit of, I, I kind of just want to hold on to my guy until the end of the year. And then maybe that's when the change is made. It's, I know it's the holidays, they're friends. So I, I just found it was going to be a very hard time to make a change. That being said, if Bryce Young goes off and has a career day on Christmas Eve, and questions are still there. They're still festering. How do you approach that as a head coach? How do you answer it? Because, you know, he's saying, you know, we're, we're keeping Joe. It was the best solution. Communication is the biggest issue. I'm going to take a bigger role on the defense. What does that leave my offense when I'm the head coach? Because I'm spreading myself too thin. So there's a lot on Matt LaFleur's plate right now. But you have to believe had he removed one part and made a change there, A, I think you're sending a message to the team, to the fans, that we're committed to finding ways to win, even though the best solution might not be in your organization at this point in terms of another coach to succeed Joe Barry. Uh, so a long-winded answer to say, I don't think it's going to get any better. But that being said, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago, winnable games. So if there is any sort of time to just find that extra gear, they got to do it the next three weeks. Otherwise... You know, we are talking about a hopefully top five pick or whatnot again. Yeah, as long as the defense is not bedwettingly bad like it was on Sunday. And to be fair to Joe Barry, which I am, I try to be, but I'm I'm not often nice to him. It it hasn't been this bad all season. Like it has not looked like this all year. And so, if you want to say, okay, this was a one off, I I guess that's true a little bit of that Josh Rosen 2018 vibes right this week. Like if Bryce Young goes out and lights them up, then it just, I, th what do you do at that point? There's, there is nowhere I think to go forward. But what I thought was interesting, Lillian, and I wonder if this flagged for you when LaFleur was asked about Joe Barry, he said, that's the plan. 
that's a thing an athletic director says in college athletics when they know they're going to fire the coach and they just don't want to say it. And if they lose again, they're getting fired. And what, what always happens when an athletic director says something like that, two weeks later, they lose a, a stupid game or a heartbreaking game and that coach gets fired. And it just, he could have said, Joe Barry is my guy and we're going to ride with him and we think this is fixable. He kind of didn't say that, right? Like he said, that's the direction we're heading and I'm going to have to help. That, that seemed different to me. The language for the first time seemed to be reminiscent of what he started to say at the end of that 2020 season when it's like, I got to I gotta do more. I got to take a bigger role. And once that starts to happen, I just feel like you're done. I agree. I got the same sense because like you mentioned, there was never a, I'm backing up my guy. I'm backing up Joe Barry. I'm saying he's my guy for the rest of the year. I don't care what you guys say. I'm keeping him because he's my guy for these reasons, right? There was none of that. It was just more of, like you mentioned, the plan. So it does kind of leave the door open, although the question was phrased as the rest of the season. So there could still be a change if, you know, things go south, very south against Carolina. There could be a change there. But you're right. There, the, the verbiage is very on par for what happened with Mike Pettin when he was eventually released. So I don't think it's going to be a matter of if for Joe Barry at this point, unfortunately, it's just going to be a matter of when. And again, I know the, the question was, was posed as the rest of the year. So we'll see if anything does change, but you're right that the language has shifted in that regard because 14 games into the season, if you're saying I need to take a bigger step and help out my defensive coordinator when I have a very young offense that is still making strides, mm. despite not, you know, going toe to toe with, with Tampa Bay, that's not a good indication of where you want to be this late in the season as a head coach. So you're right. I think all signs kind of point to there might be a severing of the relationship, just matter when that will be. Yeah. And, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday. It sucks for the offense that you would lose some Matt LaFleur time when he has been so instrumental, so clearly instrumental in the development of this offense that now he has to hold Joe Barry's hand that you're hurting both. You're, you're hurting both sides of your off of your team now, because your defense stinks and it doesn't seem like it's going to get better, as you said, with Joe Barry. And now you have to take time away from your offense when you don't really have the staff. And this is the this is the thing. I, I, and I don't want to belabor the point because we did a whole segment on it yesterday, but it doesn't seem like he's put a staff together that he trusts to go do the thing. It seems like he has taken on more responsibility than maybe he can handle right now. And what he needs to do this offense, in my opinion, is find another capable voice on offense and the guy, the guy on defense, just let that guy go, go call your defense. Do you have a name in mind? Do you have someone where you're like, this is the guy that's at the top of my wish list? Or are you, are you just like, let's wait till the end of the season and figure it out? I would say let's, let's wait. But I, I, I've had friends who say Robert Sala, but I'm like, that's not going to happen. Uh, okay. Jim but if Leonard, he's fired, like he's, he's number one, well, yeah. bullet, no, I would say Robert Sala would be, you know, if that, if he's, his name's on the market, I mean, I still think Jim Leonard would be a great hire if he wants to coach in the NFL ranks. Um, but those are kind of the two big names, in my opinion, that I could see really elevating this defense because, again, they have eight first-round draft picks invested yeah. on defense. I just don't understand where the disconnect is because if you get just the right coach in there, and you're right, if Matt LaFleur trusts him you know, instinctly to say, just take control of this defense, make it better, and he trusts that guy and they actually play better, I mean, your hands are wiped clean of the defense. You can help the offense. And, and that's what we want to see. But, you know, it's not going to happen this year. All right, we're going to get back with our pal Ali Zhao here in just a second 
on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets should not be a hassle. And if you are looking to do a little last-minute holiday shopping, tickets would normally be off the menu. It's too late. You're going to get gouged, right? Except Game Time has last-minute deals on tickets all the time. It's kind of what Game Time does. It's kind of what they do. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. That's what you want. That is exactly what you want. In fact, one of the best gifts I ever got was tickets. This was a long time ago, of course, before there were options. And I hope my wife didn't overpay. Now you can make sure you're not going to overpay because you get to see the all-in price, all the prices, all of the price. Not, hey, this is the price, and then later you you get hit with fees. No, you see the price up front. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. That's GameTime in the app. Create that account and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. You know, the the ironic part about this to me is one of the names that's being mentioned is Al Harris. And that's right. Yes, Al Harris. He's yeah. Defensive, he's the defensive backs coach for Dan Quinn. And remind me, Lily, who's the head coach in Dallas on that team? Mike McCarthy. Okay, Mike McCarthy. And guess who is fully in charge of everything that happens on that defense? Guess who, guess who's in, like does not have to have his hand held? Dan Quinn. And so it is just, I think it is a little funny to me that Mike McCarthy is in a position where he's got the defensive coordinator who's getting the head coaching opportunities, who's got who's got a an assistant coach who's getting the defensive coordinator opportunities, and it's not the guy currently in agreement. It's just, I, it is something that I've noted. I don't even know if it's irony. It's just one of those <laughs> sort of funny things of the way that the, the, the league works sometimes. All right, switching gears to something much more fun. Who Who's the best... Ask catcher on the Packers right now? Peter, that's a hard question. I know. And I think it's it's such a good problem, or I said query, because yeah. we're talking about first and second year guys. Mm-hmm. I, I love Tucker Craft. I love what he's done God, he's with the opportunity. He's so fun, you know, and I hope Luke gets back and those guys are on the field together. Um, I, I love Dontavian Wicks. I think he's a great addition. Jaden Reed just flashes. I mean, that kid is just a baller. And then you have Christian, you have Romeo. I mean, it's hard for me to pick one guy that's their best pass catcher. But I would say, you know, despite the drops earlier in the year, I I love Jaden Reed. I mean, that touchdown catch he made, the toe drag, the awareness, insane. Did you think in real time he caught it? Because I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I was wondering if there was a bobble or if he got his feet in. But then you watch the replay and he got it all down. I could not like when, when they showed both his feet down, I just went, how did they make? And they called it right in real time credit. Like we complained about officiating. They got that dead on. And I thought when, when he, I was like, there's no way, like that was an incredible throw and an incredible play by Jane Reed, but there's no way he got his feet down. And then he did. And I don't know how he stopped his momentum. I don't know how he did that. I, the reason I ask Lily is because we have, we have mentioned on, on doing these, that Jaden Reed is is slowly becoming the go-to guy. He is a touchdown maker. All he does is make big plays. But I just continue to be impressed by Dontavian Wicks. And I, I just feel like the, the combination of skill sets 
if we think back to Devonte Adams with Marquez Valdez Scantling with Alan Lazar, like the way those guys, those skill sets meshed. The Watson Wicks Reed trio to me is the is the trio where everything just sort of fits perfectly together. And I just I didn't I I never thought Dontavian Wicks could be a high level number two receiver, but he kind of looks like he could be a high level number two receiver. Like he, the, I'm I'm kind of blown away by him honestly. Me too. I mean, he granted it's I'm sure Matt Lafleur is scheming him open, but the guy just gets open, and when he's open, he's a catching the football. But B, fighting for extra yards. Yeah, plays after the catch. Plays after the catch and just doesn't go down after first contact. I think that's so important because I think a lot of these young receivers, it's just, I made the catch. That's good. Like, I, I got this. But he's like, I made the catch. Let me fight for some more yards and be smart with the football. And uh, I forget, it was like what well, that, that fourth and one play, right, where he's extending also the awareness of where he is on the field, football smarts. I mean, I think the kid has it all. And when you're talking about what they're able to do with him, Jaden, once Christian gets back, I mean, that's kind of when your full complement of weapons is on the field for Jordan Love to just kind of cook and say, let's go here, there, or over here. So you're right. Their, their skill sets really do complement each other. And it's just so fun that they're first and second year guys. So the possibilities are endless. Is this the first? Is this the first? I'm trying to think. Is this the first time we come out of a loss this season and don't really have questions about Jordan Love? Like, I, Jordan Love, unequivocally, not the reason they lost on Sunday. Right. And and I think, you know, there were a couple of throws you would have liked back, the one of Jaden Reed, right? Fourth and two. But, yep. you know, everyone has mistakes. He'll be the first to admit it. But in terms of, of a quality game outside of that fumble late, I think he played his butt off. I mean, when they needed to score, they were able to answer. The offensive line, I think, guys, you know, needs to play a tick better as well. But overall, I think the Packers have their guy. And I know they're they're thinking, why can't he put up 400 yards and four touchdowns? It's just it's a matter of growth. He'll get there nice. eventually. It would be nice. He'll get there eventually. But, but you know, I, I don't think that he was the reason for any of that negativity in, in the game. And I think he's going to be such a star for this team. So I think they have their guy, and he's getting so much better. So I love it. Yeah, I don't know who. I, maybe it was you that I was talking to. I was talking to someone on the show in the last week or two, where I was just like, no matter what happens. I, I think it was Trevor Sikama last week where I was like, no matter what Jordan love is fun to watch. Like, I don't know what the ceiling is there. I don't know if he can ever be truly a top five quarterback though. I can't rule it out. Like some of the high end stuff that he does, there just aren't many guys. The play he made to Jane Reed. I don't know how many quarterbacks in the league make that throw, but it's going to be fun. Like the good stuff is so good that I just, that's the part. It's just exciting. It's just really exciting to think about where this team can get to. Uh, last thing, there has been this split now over the last two weeks, and especially after what happened on Sunday, the, the dismantling that this defense took, where I think there's a lot of Packer fans back in that sort of, well, it was fun. You know, it was fun while it lasted. Whereas I'm going, the Packers should win all three of these games to close out. And if they do, there's still a really good chance that they make it into the playoffs. And I don't care if they don't win a playoff game. That would be great. And it, even if they don't make it, honestly, it would be great to go nine and eight and, and win these last three games. Are you more in the, like, I just, I just kind of hope they get back on track here a little bit, or are you of the mind of like playoffs? Let's, let's think about that stuff. Like just from a perspective of covering the team, what are you more focused on? And maybe this is just a personality thing. Maybe it's a Rorschach test. I don't know, but where is your, where is your head at with all of it? 
I would love to think playoffs, but I think for me, just the last two weeks, I mean, they look kind of blase. And just yeah. from people who were at the game on Sunday, they were like, it was kind of quiet. The weather was, you know, kind it of was cool. quiet. Like, it wasn't a lot of energy. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of energy. So for me, for this team, considering all of this green stuff- package, by the way, stop blaming Milwaukee people. <laughs> yeah, not the gold cap. No, Sorry, not the gold anymore. Um, I believe that if for me right now, I, I'm thinking they need to get back on track. And to do that, the perfect opponent is Carolina. I mean, this team can't score. And if they're scoring on you, that's an issue. Bottom four, yards per game, points per game. The Packers should be able to win this game. I think they get back on track against Carolina, and then I'm thinking playoffs. Because I just feel like when they're playing a division opponent with so much on the line, because it's not like the Vikings and Lions are out of this thing just yet. They're playing for their playoff lives the last two weeks, in my opinion. So they're going to be playing up. And so I, I think if they get back on track against Carolina, I'm thinking playoffs the last two weeks because I feel like this team, no, there's there's just more of a heightened sense of urgency in that regard, especially with the divisional rivals. So right now I'm thinking get back on track and then let's go from here. What are your thoughts? I think that I think that's right on. Don't embarrass yourself against Carolina, and then then you know get to where you where you think you can get to. And and I have like. The Rams have an easy schedule. The Seahawks have an easy schedule. The Seahawks winning um, on Monday night was unexpected, right? With Drew Locke, like there's no way they should win that game. And as long as they don't, the Packers have a pretty straightforward path to, you know, if they lose that game, all they have to do is win out. And like, that's it. Cause they're guaranteed to pass the Vikings then. And they're, they have the tiebreaker with the Rams. So it's fine. That's not the case anymore. So nope. we'll see. Now, now <laughs> I think it does. I think it makes it easier to say, all right, let's just find some continuity here. And then once we get a little closer, then you can start having those conversations. I think that's the right, that's the right approach. Lily, hopefully next week we get to be talking about that and not whether or not Joe Barry is the coordinator. Because if they lose to Carolina, like I don't think the Packers are gonna panic, but there it, it will happen on the the talk shows. They will be talking about Matt LaFleur too. And whether or not that's fair, uh, it's gonna happen. Like I promise that that will happen. Uh so. Let's avoid that. That would be, that'd be my preference. Um, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Peter. And happy holidays to everybody and you. All right. Thanks to Lily Zhao. Always awesome to chat with her. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Go check it out. Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to our first ever the first ever, not our first ever, it is ours too, but it is the first National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. All right, back tomorrow, our crossover Thursday Packers-Panthers with Julian Council from Locked On Panthers will be with us. We're going to be giving you shows all through the holidays, so stay locked with us here. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, we'll be live. We'll be live on Sunday because that's what we do on our YouTube page. Go subscribe so you can stay Locked on Packers.